I've been dealing with a lot of triggers recently. I'm recording this on the 29th of April in 2020, and it's during the middle of the coronavirus lockdown and all that sort of stuff. But I noticed that my mental state was sort of slipping prior to all of this sort of stuff happening, and and the 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 factors of the world has just made a lot of stuff. It sort of exacerbated a little bit. And I noticed that for me, around certain people and in certain like physical locations and around certain smells or words or concepts or situations or whatever, I'm getting triggered. I'm getting impacted in a significantly overwhelming way. I've talked about this before, um, but I want to sort of address it and highlight it and discuss what I'm doing about it because I know that a lot of you have gone through similar things in the past and would equally be struggling. First off, let's just clarify what's actually happening. I'll be feeling normal and then there'll be some sort of trigger, some sort of event, thing, person, place, word, smell, whatever. And I'll get this sudden and overwhelming burst of emotionality. It will become too much. I will at times see flashbacks or images from my past, either one prolonged one or lots of them, just bang, bang, bang. I'll have a desire to run, to hide, to leave the situation, to inebriate myself, to 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 to, to, to want to self-harm or to, to end my own life. And it's very powerful. And it comes on all of a sudden. You know, like from, from, from the trigger to the time that I'm in crisis mode can be as little as a few seconds, but sometimes I can sort of, it sort of builds up. And when it does, it usually takes that whole day to recover, um, oftentimes longer. And it's the, 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 the things that are coming to mind, the feelings are very reminiscent of my past um, from a variety of aspects of it. So it's like I'm sort of reliving the the event or the emotion or the feeling or the internal state. And this is something that's sort of coming up recently. I've said it before that for me, mental health is like a multi-headed hydra. It's like things pop up and then they you deal with that and then the next thing comes, you deal with that, the next thing comes. So So with all that in mind, I've obviously speak to my psychologist about that and some of the stuff she suggested I was already doing. I'm already doing the exercise and the writing therapy and the meditation and talking and eating well and, you know, avoiding substances and the whole thing. Like, basically, I'm doing everything to sort of reduce the amount of them as a baseline as possible. So then it becomes it's like, okay, well, what can I do specifically? She highlighted to me the importance of making choices. You know, I'm an adult now. I can choose who I spend my time with and what I spend my time doing. So if I choose to, I can decline invitations. I can say no. I can leave a situation. And this is something that might sound obvious. I mean, obviously I can do those things. But we get into the rut of our pasts and, you know, as a child, you sort of pulled along for the journey and you have no power, you have no say, you have no ability to change anything and just sort of expected to do it. And when you're in that mindset, it's very hard to 
pull yourself out to the adult perspective, the safe adult perspective, the strong adult perspective, the one where you're in charge and in control and you're safe and sort of take those actions. And I sort of broke it down between the in the moment issues and the ongoing. So in the moment, addressing it has one solution and then ongoing has another one. So if we address the ongoing things, it's about making those choices and about letting people know it's like, hey, I'm not I'm not comfortable with this and moving the other way or declining the offers or setting boundaries. You know, if someone's if someone's toxic for you, we talk about toxic people a lot. And, you know, like it's very easy to have the cliche version of a toxic person, someone that's screaming, yelling, hitting, abusing you. And of course that person is toxic, but other people can be toxic that are completely nice. They're not doing anything wrong. You know, nothing that you can point a finger to. But they're toxic for you. They're toxic because they make you feel a certain way. It's not their fault. At least maybe not their current, you know, them in their moment's fault right now. They're not doing anything to impact you. But their presence, their words, their smell, the associations, whatever it is, is the toxic thing for you. And that's hard to come to terms with because it's like you have to be like, well, you're not doing anything wrong, but I still can't be around you. Not that you'd say that to the person necessarily, obviously, but you have to sort of say that to yourself to acknowledge that this person that is not doing anything wrong, quote unquote, is nonetheless toxic for me. So then I need to take preventative measures to keep that person from causing me harm. And I'm entitled to do that because I'm an adult, because I'm me, because I have the self-efficacy and all of that sort of stuff. So then my psychologist was like, well, you need to work on to establish that do sort of self-love, compassion, meditation, you know, like send yourself loving kindness. Say to yourself, you deserve to be free of resentment, to live, to live peacefully with others, to, to, to have every interaction with people be something that adds to your life, that's positive, that, that gives you something as opposed to costing you something. Interactions with, that are your choice, should be positive. And if they're not, that's a sign that you should take that action. But to be able to even contemplate taking that action, it's about stepping back and having that self-love. She also assumed that, or she also suggested that I assume the best of people. People may say or do things that are triggering because I'm making the assumption that they've got certain intents or they're meaning certain things or they're implying certain things or whatever's going on. But the fact of the matter is, is I can only take someone's word I can only listen to the word. I can't. I can't. I can't know what's going on behind the words. So if I can assume anything, it should be to assume the best, to to take their word at the best possible response, and just leave it at that, because that's in within my power to do so. I could be wrong, and given my past, and if they're you know acting a certain way now, I may as well assume the best, because I'm more inclined to believe a person that is toxic will be doing something out of ill will or on purpose or because they're not realizing it or whatever, not thinking about it. And they may not be, but it's, it's, it's all, all of the response, all of the issue is really coming from me at this stage. So I should assume the best for people's statements. It's something that I've thought about before. If I, you know, if someone is upset, is it because of you or are they just upset, right? Just assume the best and life gets easier. And that's, that's something that I've sort of really been working on, but it sort of gets hard to apply that to the sort of toxic people. 
But then it comes to, well, what to do in the moment. You know, when I'm feeling triggered, well, how do I deal with it? Well, internally, the, the answer was basically suggested to be the same response that you would do to a panic attack. Sit with the thoughts, sit with the feelings, accept it. Accept the reality, be mindful. Say to myself, this is temporary. This isn't reality. This is just a fantasy that my mind is making up. This is temporary. It won't last. And to sort of not fight it, to accept the thought, to do some physical relaxation, because all of the things that I was describing doing, like running away, inebriating myself, hiding, all of that sort of stuff, is, is a form of fleeing from the thought. It's running away from it. But that doesn't stop it. You can't run from your brain, right? You can't run from your brain. So you've got to accept it. And that becomes the biggest challenge because it's like, well, this is terribly painful. How can I possibly hope to accept this? But that's what you've got to do. And it's 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 a muscle that you can flex. And this is why meditation is so, so, so valuable because it teaches you to be able to see thoughts as separate from you, to be able to sit with them. But then it's just when these things pop up, it's a matter of using that strength that I'm training for to help me to deal with the thing in the moment. And that's that's part of the practice, and it's hard. It's not it's not an easy thing. And But I think the more I consider trying it, the more I practice it, the more I go, okay, this is what's happening. I'm going to accept the thought. I'm going to just sit with it for a bit. I'm safe. I'm here. This is reality as it is now. Perhaps I'll be able to push through it. Perhaps I'll be able to survive it. It's just so hard. And then the other thing to deal with in the moment was, it's like, okay, well, let's say I'm around just a a random friend or a random family member that isn't triggering me. But for whatever reason, something that was said or the situation or smell or whatever, I start getting these triggered feelings for whatever reason. What do I say? My psychologist suggested to just be honest, just speak honestly and say, hey, I'm, I'm feeling a bit unwell at the moment. I need to end the conversation. Um, and we should, you know, talk about it another time and just, just be open and honest about it. This is how I'm feeling. And this is why I'm feeling it. I'm like, okay. And, and I see the things I know that as a realistic response, I talk about being open and honest, but, and I see the benefit of it and I do it, but I don't do it to the extent that I should likely. Yeah. Cause it's so hard in the moment when in the moment when when things are are painful and when they hurt and when it's when it when it, it's it's just so hard you know it's so hard to 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 say those words and to, to to do it in the moment when you're when you're struggling when you're in that moment when 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 things are tough and you like when you when you when you can't quite express the the words because because the very act of expressing it is something that you're struggling with i i i I try to explain it in the moment and i find that i can't and that leaves me sort of trapped because it's like the person wants me to explain it but i can't explain it in that moment so i'm like okay i've got to figure out a way to express it to them and maybe just being like Hey, I'm not coping right now. I gotta go. 
and just trusting that that person will accept it. It's it's just you know in that in that moment there's this sort of panic feeling, this sort of challenge feeling that I need to sort of address and get through. That's that's sort of what I wanted to to discuss with this podcast today. This idea of being triggered and what to do about being triggered. You know, I sort of glossed over it, but self care is key. Taking the time to yourself to look after yourself, to exercise, to diet well, to meditate, to to read, to to you know to have a warm bath, to just do things for yourself. It's very vital because um, it helps to reduce the overall rates of this sort of stuff happening because you're in a better state. My psychologist also highlighted the importance of talking it out, talking it with people, and also writing it out. And as you as you know, I'm a massive advocate of writing therapy. Um, all of the poems and books and stuff that I do is is tend uh, you know is, is a expression of that. Getting it out on the page, the page listens, it doesn't judge, and you can throw it out if you like. So I'm fully on board with that. It's just, I guess, I guess it's just it's a it comes down to that same thing of like I just hate that it's on me that. For thing for, for for reasons of you know adults the adults in my childhood were incompetent and exposed me to danger and committed danger to me directly and a variety of other things it's painful to know that it's on me to fix it or at least to fix my mental state right it it sucks to have to accept that that it that it has to come from me because who else will it come from I don't know. I guess if you can, if you can relate to, to this, um, by all means, reach out and connect with me. I'll put a link to the Share Your Story project in the show notes of this. And basically, this is a project that I've got up and running. That's if you've got a project, if you've got a story that you want to share, some writing therapy that you want to share, something about your past, mental illness, disability, sexuality, trauma, something like that. You can share it with your name and social attached. You can share it anonymously. Um, but I've got a place on my website that I host these stories. And I've got, to think, about 20 to 30 at the moment. Um, and, and I found, the reason I started is that I found, you know, the benefit of me reading, writing and sharing my story and then connecting with people about it. And I've found that other people have found those safe benefits when they've shared their story with me. So it's like, well, let's make it a little bit formal here and um, get it up online. So... If you've got a story that you that you want to share, um, by all means, check out the Share Your Story project and consider writing in. It's you know anywhere from five hundred plus words, um, no pressure on time limit, all of that sort of stuff. A picture helps, not necessary. Um, and like I said, it can be anonymous if you like. But the whole point of it is is that writing it down helps, sharing it helps, talking about it helps. Um, but of course, if you want to connect with me privately. You know, do so. That's um, by all means, more than happy to chat. And I understand, for whatever reason, I'm blessed with the ability to open up and share things to a global community. Um, whereas other people want to keep it to themselves, and I completely relate to that as well. Um, so, if you do relate to this, by all means, let me know if you want to. Head over to the Share Your Story Project and 
yeah, potentially write something up because it might, it might, it might resonate with other people. It might show them that they're not alone in their suffering, that they've got similar pasts or similar presence and the way you're dealing with it could help them to deal with it in their own way. In the same way that me talking about my experiences here might be helping you. And on the topic of the Share Your Story project, I want to ideally grow it into a podcast itself. I want to turn that Share Your Story project that's a physical you know, blog into a podcast where I'm, you know, every month I'll choose one of the people from the Share Your Story project and do a podcast interview, turn, turn that into a podcast series as well. Um, and to do that, to, to get the time to do that, I've set up my Patreon a little bit more formally. So Patreon's a way that you can provide a ongoing support to content providers. And the idea is that it's a small monthly contribution, like $1, $3, $10, whatever you like, per month, so that the content creators get a steady income and can work on projects. And I thought, well, what project would support aid or what would be the best thing I could do with that sort of support? And I thought... I don't want to do, I have done some interviews on this, on this podcast, um, but I like to keep this podcast as just my thoughts and breaking that sort of stuff down. So it'd be like, okay, what could I do to, to sort of reach out to the community and with the extra time that that sort of stuff would bring in if I was to get the Patreon support and I'm like, okay, let's, let's extend Let's start another podcast called the Share Your Story Project in which I would interview people and get them to share their story and just talk and we would we would talk together I would interview them we would break it down and share it widely and hopefully grow that so if you're interested in supporting what I'm doing here or seeing that project come to fruition head over to my patreon I'll put a link down below and you'll see some different options of support there's you can choose to to support for any amount you like per month but there's some tiers and the tiers are basically like at certain levels and at those certain levels you get certain rewards. Like like I said, I don't like putting things behind paywalls because I want stuff that should help people should be free in my mind. But to be able to get the support, I sort of need to find the balance there. So, so what I'm doing is I'm opening up the different tiers of Patreon. The $3 per month tier will basically be like a your questions answered um, tier and every month or whenever the questions build up I'll, I'll ask you know people that have signed up to support me at that level for questions and then I'll do a podcast where I'm just answering those questions maybe once a month um, ideally once a month if the numbers of supporters grow um, but you know whenever we get enough questions in there I'll do another one and just you know talk on on the podcast ongoing about you know answering those questions directly the $10 tier is a bonus courses. Now I've got early access to bonus courses. I've got some Skillshare courses up, but on Skillshare video courses, but Skillshare didn't like me posting mental health content or physical exercise content. And I realized that there's a whole bunch of video courses that I would want to do that just wouldn't be appropriate for Skillshare. I love Skillshare. It's great, but it would be limiting in terms of content that I would want to put out. So I'm like, how can I put the content out there for free, but also get it to justify my time? So the best solution that I've come up with was to do the $10 Patreon tier, $10 a month, and you'll get one month early access to those courses. So they'll be up on the website for free after a month, 
But if you want early access and you wanted to support what I'm doing, the $10 bonus course tier could be for you. And you would also get access to the $3 one as the, to ask the questions as well. So I thought, okay, that, that works. It means that I can put the content out that I like for free. It serves as a, as a bit of a direction to check out all the other courses that I've got on Skillshare that you can access as well and sort of works both ways. Um, but it means that I'm still not putting things behind a solid paywall. But if you want to support what I'm doing and you want the early access, it's up and it's there. And then I've got two more tiers on Patreon that you'll be able to see. And this is for more of a specific... The only thing that I do put behind a paywall is my time because time's limited, right? Um, so what I've done is I've made a $25 tier that's um, email coaching. And basically the idea is that throughout the week you can email me. I'll give you my email address. And over the weekend, I'll take the time to answer those emails. So the $25 tier is you send me the emails, I answer them. And basically it can be, you know, asking questions, debriefing situations, keeping you accountable to your goals, working through problem solving stuff, any of the stuff that I talk about, any of the stuff from how to get your shit together, just in email form. And the, the extension to that is the one-on-one -on -one coaching, either via video or phone-based coaching for the $100 tier per month. So the idea is you would sign up for the $100 per month and that would give you a, an hour session plus access to the email coaching, the bonus courses and the Q&A. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, and I've been talking about it a while, but I just wanted to highlight that to you that those options are there. Um, and you don't have to choose any of those options. You can just head over and support me $1 a month. That's, you know, every little bit helps. It, it lets me know that you care that you're out there and that you want to support something that you could get for free. I, I make an effort on Patreon to support the content providers that I've been, that, that, that give me value, that, that provide something for me for free out of the kindness of their heart because it takes time and effort. Um, but I'm also hyper aware that a lot of the people that follow me don't have the money. I mean, I didn't have the money when I needed this advice. I still need the advice. Um, so I'm going to continue to put things out there for free, um, but just hopefully give a little bit of incentives to people that want to support. So, like I said, if you want to see the Shea's Story podcast come to fruition, head over and support. If you want to ask the questions or get access to the bonus courses or the email coaching or the one-on-one -on -one coaching, head over to Patreon, sign up, and we can get started. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email, send me a um, send me a message on social media and we can chat. So yeah, cheers. Thank you.